0: We had everything planned. Like there was was a plan in place. And then Odin came out and like totally um, shook it up and um, broke it down. Um, And so like a lot of like the lessons that we've learned from Odin is like how to, like it's good to set up plans and to be organized, but Mm -hmm. then also to um, be nimble and flexible uh, and pivot when needed.
1: Hi, I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host for Work Like a Mother, a podcast sharing real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. Today, I'm so excited to chat with our guest, Elise McNiff-Kogelmeyer. I'm a planner, always have been. Every Saturday, I make actually more like force, my husband to sit down to map out plans, logistics, meetings, and meals for the coming week. So I had to smile as Elise shared all her planning and preparations for the birth of her son. Her attention to detail was next level, but I can only imagine how she felt when her plans went out the window and her world was turned upside down when Odin was born. This episode is a testament to the power of a mom's love and a mom's ability to face any challenge head on, quite simply because in motherhood, we're not given the choice not to. But moms are tough, and Elise is one of the toughest I've met. Like a lot of hardworking, driven women... Elise McNiff Kogelmeyer had some reservations about how a baby would impact her career and her social life. But she was ready. And after a relatively standard pregnancy, she gave birth to her first child, a boy named Odin. And that's when her story takes a sharp and unexpected turn. Odin was born with Treacher Collins syndrome, a rare condition that impairs physical development and requires 24 7 care. She learned that her beautiful newborn was what parents and professionals call a medically complex child. Odin's medical needs would come to dominate her life and force Elise to consider her vision and plans for her own life, both personally and professionally. Welcome, Elise. We're so happy to have you on Work Like a Mother. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I am too. Mm-hmm. And I one of the first questions that I have for you is really around your love of art. I know mm-hmm. that you've written about art and how it's been such an influence in your life. But mm-hmm. where did that come from? Ooh,
0: from the very, very beginning. So my dad is an art therapist And a painter, and my mom is an art teacher, and all of us kids have some sort of connection to the creative process. um, I think through my my parents and my family, Um, yeah. So I've always loved art, been surrounded by it since I was young. Um, Focused on it in college and in grad school, and I've been working in the arts ever since I graduated from college. So you've been working in the arts
1: (laughs) since college. What has that path looked like? for you.
0: Yeah, um, it's been a bit of like a rambly road. Um, whenever I talk to younger people, I always talk about the importance of networking. Um, networking really drove my career um, and on the path that it is now, and I'm really grateful for the connections I made. So I graduated, um, not with an art degree, but with a history undergrad. And um, you I know, wasn't gonna be a history teacher or a paralegal, which most people think that's what you're gonna do with a history major. Um, but knew I wanted to work in the arts. So I actually had my first job at my alma mater's Museum of Arts. and when I was at that art museum, realized I loved art institutions, working in the arts, and that was a great profession for me. Um, so then I just then went to a graduate fellowship afterwards. At the MFA in Boston. And that, I um, left my one year fellowship uh, in, 2000, in 2008, 2009. So the economy was not so great. Mm. So then, like many people, I dove back into school. So I got my graduate degree in Masters in Public Humanities. Uh, which is very open-ended and fluid. It's all about making culture more accessible to the public. Um, Yeah, and then just um, connections after connections, meeting people, um, finding my new next thing. I actually landed my current job at Artwork Archive. uh, Through connections, multiple people knew that I was looking for a job and they forwarded me this job description. Um, The job description was actually not what I wanted, but I just talked to the the company. And luckily, uh, we both decided to um, essentially have a contract of three months to see if I would be a good fit and if there were projects for me to work on. And lo and behold, it was a wonderful fit, and I've been there for three years. And what does the company do? Artwork Archive is an online art inventory management system. And so we work with artists to help manage their art careers. So managing their shows, their sales, all the details that go into uh, making and selling and showing artwork. And then we work with individual collectors and organizations. So an organization can be anyone who has a collection from hospitals to academic institutions, to law firms, to family estates. Um, And I focus uh, now more on the collector and organization side of things and help them manage their art collections to make sure they're safe, uh, to make sure that they can showcase them and to have all the details that they, they need to manage them.
1: And you had your son while you were working there. hmm Yep. What was that experience like being part of such a small company and telling this team that you're pregnant and going out? On yeah, leads? I
0: was... I was actually thinking, um, cause you know, when you're a mom, like time is just this like vortex <laughs> and it surprised me that actually, um, I got pregnant only six months into this job. Um, and beforehand, um, like I knew I wanted to have kids, my husband and I knew we wanted to have kids. Uh, but for me, um, I had a couple of like one year to two year jobs that weren't necessarily fit. So it wasn't a good time that I felt like I wanted to, um, you know, take time off, whether it be for, uh, for maternity leave, um, or yeah, so, um, I wasn't expecting to get, um, pregnant so early on with the the team. Um, But I'm sure they all saw it coming when they hired like a 30 something year old woman. Um, And so yep, got pregnant, uh, told the team, I am the first member that they had to create a maternity or uh, family planning uh, leave for because one of our co founders already had kids and the other co founder hadn't yet had his son. Um so it was really interesting to to navigate that. They uh I mean, so many props for the co-founders and that it was a real conversation. Um and they developed it um knowing me really well. Um they joked because it was two guys like were, you know, they joked, well, you're probably gonna get bored or wanna come back to work. Um, so you know if you want to come back within like a month, you can if you want to. We won't say no, but at the same time, like If you need more time and you need to um, be with your family for for more months, we'll, we'll figure it out. So we had a set leave, a set plan, but from the very beginning, we knew it'd be fluid. That's how wonderful to have that support and that
1: openness and that flexibility to be able to drive really what your path was going to be in terms of returning to work. And was that always part of your plan
0: to return to work? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really, I love my job. Um, I love working. Um, I, um, I drive a lot of value from my, from my work. Um, it it really, I, I, I I identify in the work that I I do. So yeah, I I envisioned, but you know, you know, um, I didn't know what it was like to be a mom yet. Um, so I expected that I would want to go back to work. Um, I expected that I probably, would want to go back to work sooner rather than later. So I expected, um, the plan that we had was a three month leave. Um, and so I expected that around that time I would be maybe itching to, from what I heard from other moms, you know, not talk baby talk or, you know, be, um, in a little bit more tighter fitting clothes or just like out in um, public with other adults. So I assumed that, um, but at the same time, um, you know, my, uh, my mom and my older sister are very loving working uh, mothers, but I, I also wondered if I was just going to fall in love with it um, and see what that looked like. So yeah, I was kind of curious what I would be like as a as a mom.
1: What did you learn from watching these two role models of working moms? How did that impact your experience?
0: Yeah, um, really great question. Um, so my mom was a really great role model. Um she would used to, she's an art teacher, um, was an art teacher. She just retired. Um, and, uh, I learned how to like go with the flow. So I remember like at nine o'clock at night, sometimes she would pack me in the car, uh, so she could go turn off the, the kiln. Um, and I, what I value now looking back on it is, uh, to see, uh, her working and being passionate about what she was doing and so invested, but she also made time to, you know, I did like six bazillion sports and played, you know, all the instruments and whatnot. And so she was always there, but she, um, one lesson I also learned was that she was really good at asking for help. Um, so we had a neighbor when I was younger that would take care of me, because um, my dad used to travel a lot for work or wouldn't be able to help um, a lot with the the day to day because of his work. Um, and then my older sister, um, honestly, just like a, as a fellow adult, I really appreciated seeing how her partner, um, who also works. Um, became like the full time dad, um, in a, you know, to say it in that way, and that he um, he really took on a lot of the the day to day care for the kids so that she could commute into the city um, and continue with with her work. Um, and both over time, I saw my mom and my sister make uh, job decisions that worked for their family. So my sister eventually left the job that she had in the city to find a job closer to home, so she had less of a commute um, and spend more time with the the kids, and she's happy. Um, uh, really happy with that. And my my dad actually did the same thing. Um, when I was in middle school and high school, my sister was around the same age. My dad too um, took a new job so that he could be around more.
1: It's one of I feel like the the small blessings of working from home throughout COVID is not having to commute anywhere. There are many challenges which we don't necessarily have to dive into <laughs> of working from home hours. during COVID. But one of the great things, especially I have a three months old and I every day think, I don't know how we would get out the door right now. Um, I think it would be really, really challenging if I didn't have some of that, that flexibility to work remotely.
0: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, it'll be interesting if and when uh, my husband has to return to the office. So, I, one perk of Artwork Archive 2 is that we work mostly remotely. So, we were before, prepared even before COVID for remote working. Um, but my, my husband, even though his commute's not far, still had a commute. And it, I'm really spoiled in that when the, the workday is over, he's like right up in the kitchen, um, you know, playing with Odin or helping prepare dinner. And it's that even if it's, you know, 30 minutes of time, is especially as everyone knows like in that post 5 p.m time mm-hmm. is really valuable and and wonderful well since you
1: mentioned Odin and we were talking a little bit about how you had this plan you're at the company mm-hmm. you're thinking your three-month leave
0: so we had everything planned like right. I mean, there was there was a plan in place and then Odin came out and like totally um, shook it up and Um, broke it down. Um, And so like a lot of like the lessons that we've learned from Odin is like how to, like, it's good to set out plans and to be organized, but Mm -hmm. then also to um, be nimble and flexible uh, and pivot when needed. Odin surprised us all with a rare genetic syndrome. So he has Treacher Collins syndrome. So if anyone listening or watching has seen the movie Wonder, um, he has what Augie has. Uh, which is a facial difference um, in which um, he has uh, given us the, uh, the gift of experiencing the the medical world in a very um, immersive way. He has a trach. He has a G tube. Um, he uh, requires twenty four seven care, uh, alert and trained care, which means that someone has to be awake um, and watching him and. Um, taking care of him for 24 hours. So um, when he was born um, and we were thrown into a livelihood of, for my first three months, we actually pretty much lived in the hospital. My son, I was in the hospital for the first three months of his life. Um, I had, I actually thought that I wasn't going back to work. Um, we hadn't really learned about the Colorado uh, support systems that are in place to help families once they're discharged. And the first assumption was, well, like, I'm not going back to work. I'm going to be a full-time mom. I guess it has been decided. (laughs) Um, I have to take care of my son. Um, then we learned that Medicaid in Colorado does cover nursing. Um, and so just similar to like, Daycare or child care, we had to hire nurses once we were discharged, and we got help. We did not get the full help that we needed, um, so I told my team that um, you know we were discharged on my three months of maternity leave ending, that I needed um, another um, month to figure things out. So I added on a fourth month of just unpaid leave. Uh, to sort things out, and during that month, um, we came to the realization that part-time would be best uh, for the family, for our family, um, for my work at Artwork Archive, Uh, so it was actually kind of nice, so I didn't have to say goodbye and stop my work that I love so much, Um, and then I also could focus on Odin and what needs to happen, because I'm still, even though we have nurses taking care of him, I'm still his primary caretaker, and he still requires weekly appointments, uh, multiple therapies a week. Um, I'm on the phone with this and that um, trying to get things organized. So my husband jokes that my full-time job is being mother to Odin and that my part-time job is my, I, and then I also just kind of work on the side <laughs> and I also do this thing at Artwork Archive. So that that's his joke. Um, I sometimes feel a little different around it, but yeah.
1: How does it feel to you? Say, say a bit more about that.
0: Yeah. um, So the thing that I have uh, been challenged with, let's see, my son is almost two years old. So I've been doing this for about a year and a half. Even though I am part time, I still expect full time results. Um, I still expect to get a lot more done um, than the time that I am allotted. And so that that has been hard. I I still uh, struggle with that. Um, I also um, have to be patient and go with the flow when uh, my son develops an infection, and I have to call the doctor and um, cancel my whole afternoon of calls that I thought I was going to get work done um, so I could bring him to the hospital or whatnot. Um, and so I've learned to be fluid. Even though I'm client facing with a lot of my work, it's actually been. Um, Okay. Uh, So far, knock on wood. (laughs) Um, And again, it's nice that with my work, I do have a little bit of, uh, I do have a lot of flexibility in controlling my calendar and my schedule. And my team has been really supportive with that too, in that um, they know that sometimes I just can't make a meeting. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if anything, it's my own um, expectations and my own pressure on myself um, to deliver, but no one on the outside is really putting that on me.
1: You so beautifully captured what I think so many mothers feel just in general when you're talking about the expectations placed on mothers. And it's so often ourselves, or at least this is how I feel, that the world can have a lot of opinions, definitely, but the bar that we set for ourselves is often just so high that it can be really hard to feel. Like you're not living up to them, not living up to your your expectations.
0: Yeah, exactly. And one thing too is that my my work has evolved too, and because of going to part time, um, I've dropped off a lot of the like transactional or like easy to pick off, like low hanging fruit type of work that used to give me satisfaction. Check things off a, a list. Um, And now a lot of my work is more like strategic and long tail. Um, And so one thing that I struggle with is I want to see results faster. um, And I want to know that the work that I am putting into the week um, matters. I'm a little OCD too, even though I'm part-time and not hourly, I tend to count how many hours I've done just because I like, I feel like I owe it to the team, but no one has ever asked, you know, like how, like how many hours have you done? Cause that's not even the expectation. So yeah, it's just this weird thing that I put, on myself and it's probably time to let go of that one
1: well it feels like if you're you don't have those tasks to check off as well something that could fill that that void is to track your hours it gives you that meaning to to be able to still track something on an incremental basis and feel good about it
0: yeah and ironically um I actually have to track hours and tasks for my son. So here in Colorado, we have this program called IHSS, uh, which pays caretakers, um, which can be family members or friends for taking care of kids. So when we don't have nursing, I'm on the clock as a mom um, and getting paid by the, the state. And so I have to chart um, what I, I do with my my son and uh, around his interventions and, and such. Uh, and so that's a really funny concept of like clocking in and clocking out like hourly um, with that too. But um, yeah, it's just part of the, the process and something unique with being a, a mother of a medically complex child.
1: As you're talking about caring for Odin, as well as balancing work, it strikes me that you don't have much time for yourself. Mm -hmm. How do you carve out time for
0: your own self and and your own needs? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, And again, like expectations, uh, setting expectations of the world on you and what you do with yourself. Um, So honestly, I would say that actually I'm more... I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> um, and I think that's, um, it's a really important thing for moms to do, even if it's like 10 minutes of going for a walk or, um, doing some, I'm a yoga teacher. So I would say I like doing some yoga. Uh, but to answer your question, um, I try to exercise, um, in the, in the day. Um, I usually do like, a now it's great actually with COVID because I used to have to drive across town to get to my yoga studio that I go to, but now I can just turn on the computer. I can pop into a yoga class for 20 minutes if that's just the time that I have, um, to set some intentions and breathe. Um, but I make it a goal that every day I, um, I move. I need to move. I'm a, I'm a mover. And if I don't move, I get cranky and I'm not my best self. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good partner. So with that, actually, my husband is really supportive in making sure that um, I get some time. So if I don't get it during the, the workday, um, sometimes he'll cook dinner so I can roll my yoga mat out in the kitchen, my kids in the high chair and I have a yoga class going, and I'm doing downward facing dog as my husband is moving around me like chopping <laughs> like carrots and moving hot water from the sink to the. And then I'll stop sometimes to like um, take care of my son and give him a new veggie stick or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah. and then COVID's actually been really nice in that uh, my husband and I, if we both have breaks in our day, we'll go for you know a 20 minute walk with our dog. We live in a beautiful place in Denver, so we we have access to the outdoors right outside, um, our window. Um, yeah. So I would say exercise is the thing that keeps me, me going and me happy. Um, and luckily I have a partner that knows that I'm a little bit like, um, a wild animal that needs to just go. (laughs) So he'll, um, yeah, he supports me in that. And the same thing with my team. So again, um, I'm very lucky in the team that I work for. Um, you see everyone dropping off of Slack saying that they're going to go for a run or, um, in the old days, like go to the gym or go to a yoga class. So um, the company has been founded in you know a work-life balance and mm-hmm. understanding that in order to be a better employee or to be your best self and be a good employee, it's also good to take care of just yourself. Um, so,
1: so caring now for Odin. Now that he's almost two, happy early birthday to to Odin. It's coming up quickly probably looks a little different than when you initially transitioned mm-hmm. back to work. Mhm. What were some of the harder parts that you faced when you were going back to work? Uh sleep
0: deprivation, uh, which is still it's not as bad of a thing now um but because we have more night nurses, but um when I was pregnant everyone talks about pregnancy brain. Um, But I feel like, uh, and people say, you know, once you have the kid, you're going to be tired all the time and um, whatnot. But I think there was something about like young mom, new mom, new mom brain and like young baby brain. Uh, So whether it be the sleep deprivation. Um, or um, the, just honestly, the hormones. So mm-hmm. I have worked um, since Odin has born, uh, been born. His nursery is right behind that, that door, um, so very close to him. And he has some extra noises that keep me on edge because he um, has pulse oxes and these different monitors that um, measure his oxygen and heart rate. We don't have to get into that. So there's just things that, especially when we were in the hospital, I was tuned into and trained mm-hmm. to be tuned into, so it was very hard to um, not be like alert to to him, even if he was being taken care of by a nurse. Um, and to go back to the hormones, um, I was pumping um, and there was just this like biological need and desire to be like with, with my child. Um, and so before COVID, I realized that I would have to just get out of the house, go to a coffee shop um, and work outside of the house because I was just... Whether or not it was like a, like a very obvious distraction, I just wasn't all there. Um, I could tell that my uh, my focus just wasn't all there.
1: Yes. As, as someone with a three-month-old, <laughs> I can relate to the sleep deprivation in particular. Um, luckily, Brooks actually slept for his longest chunk in 14 weeks. He's typically been waking up every two and a half hours, but he... Yeah slept for six hours last night. Was a, so it was a huge change. But the, the sleep deprivation is real. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that people pay lip service to in some ways. Yep. And they talk about how, of course, you're going to be tired, and you're going to be up with the baby. But the, the impact on your own mental and physical health is very, very real.
0: Yeah, and to add on, um, one other thing that just popped into my head is um, when I was before having a kid, I knew that I was very lucky and that I could work for as long as I wanted to work. You know, sometimes my husband and I would um, stop for dinner, but then just go back onto our laptops. Mm. And one of the things I still deal with um, is not being frustrated or annoyed if I can't log back on um, in the evening. Um, Or again, those expectations of myself, like just, letting it happen the next day and not necessarily, um, you know, uh, stressing myself out over doing something that just doesn't necessarily have to happen in that moment. But I was so used to and conditioned to being able to open up my computer whenever, um, I wanted to. And so having those stops, um, has been hard, but it's also, um, a blessing, um, and a really great break too.
1: What, what helped you adapt to that? You're obviously a very driven person and very committed and passionate about your work. So what helped you to process your
0: new reality? Well, Odin, I mean, he's just, all you want to do is like snuggle with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, I couldn't ask for like a better temperament. Um, so he's just addicting. Like it's, it's hard not to want to be around him. Um, And, and just reminding myself, like I've been lax um, in my expectations of myself, again, expectations, but um, making sure that I don't check my Slack on my phone and um, uh, turn it over. But yeah, to make sure I'm present with him. But also I would say that my, my partner, my husband has been um, an incredible partner in all of this. Um, And just kind of, um, if I do stray towards the computer, like he won't make me feel bad. Uh, but like how to word it, um, like he, he will take care of Odin if I, if I do need to take some care of something, but also like we both hold each other accountable to make sure that, um, you know, we're not letting the workday seep into family time and we'll say it to each other very pleasantly. And since we both do it, we, we both know what's, what's going on. (laughs) Right
1: and you're both good good balances and and sort of checkmates for for one another. Yeah. You're, that that reminds me of this is going I'm going to date myself in terms of my age, but um a few companies ago I when I had a blackberry, that's why I'm dating yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. I remember going on vacation once and my husband hid the battery from the blackberry so that I could not <laughs> check any work related emails. And it was definitely a good, it forced some balance. Um, but it was, uh, it's a good, it's good to have people in your life that are that balance and that force you to, you know, take a break and to Mm -hmm. really, really unplug and to be present, whether that's, I think with or without children.
0: Yeah. And one thing I have learned is that, um, that long work day or just sledging through to get something done actually doesn't necessarily make for a better product in the mm-hmm. end or result rather in the end. Um, and so like quality over quantity. So that's one of the things I'm, I'm really trying to tune into is quality over um, quantity on, on work. Um, and sometimes like it, even if I do turn on my computer at night, it may not be the Best thing to do, anyways, might be better put off until like seven thirty a.m. when I'm rested and a little bit fresher. Mm-hmm. And and thank you, really, Elise, for spending the
1: time today and sharing your journey through grappling with um, unexpected changes and challenges that have faced you, and how you've tackled them, and uh, what that reality looks like for you of balancing motherhood and your career. Mm. we I end every conversation with the same question and that question is what advice would you give to your pre-mom self
0: not more Um, (laughs) 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 I would tell myself um, to be easy on myself um, to be kinder to myself um, in motherhood um, and to to be more graceful um, with my myself, um, I think we we talked about it earlier. The expectations um, that are set forth, um, at least in my own personal experience, have just been um, put up, placed upon myself, myself by my, by myself, um, and uh, that 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 competitive drive that I have in my professional workplace. Um, like many, like many things in life, there's chapters and transitions. Um, and that might've been the Elise, the Elysian of, um, my twenties, but that, um, there's actually a great ease and wonderful life of not having to go, go, go a hundred percent, especially with family and to look forward to that. Um, So I think I was actually a little worried before we, I wouldn't say we put off having kids, but um, I definitely wasn't in a rush to have kids. Um, I liked working. I liked um, exercising a lot, traveling a lot, doing a lot of cool, um, a lot of things my husband, and ironically, like, we really can't do a lot of that stuff, because we have a medically complex son, but we've been working around it. But long story short, I just, yeah, I didn't know what motherhood would look like. And I just thought it would be slower um, than my, my typical pace. Um, and actually, I'm really enjoying the slow pace. Like, I'm the type of person that walks around people on the sidewalk, I go places really quickly. Um, and now I meander with my son, and it takes us 20 minutes to go down a block. And that's, that's a-okay. And so um, I, the new pace um, I'm enjoying. Um, and so I would tell my younger pre-mom self to, to look forward to that, um, to look forward to slowing down. That's really beautiful. I think <laughs> children, I, it's, I think children have
1: a way of forcing you to be present, especially toddlers, of yeah. forcing you to be present, to live in the moment and to appreciate truly the smallest, smallest, Things.
0: I would also tell myself to um, get more storage for my iPhone because <laughs> I thought I took a lot of photos before I. Oh man, my iPhone is just slammed with it. <laughs> like, there's only so many photos I need of my kid, like in the high chair, like smearing food on his face. But I just can't get enough. No,
1: there's never enough. There's never no. enough. Thank you. I really appreciate you spending the mm-hmm. a little bit of time with me. It was great chatting with you.
0: This was a lot of fun. And I'm so honored to be included in the the group of women that you're interviewing. So thank you for taking the time to let me share my, my story.
1: Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Garsh, and this is Work Like a Mother. I'm excited to share another amazing Working Mama story with you next week, But before I go, I have a quick favor to ask, please help us spread the word by giving us five stars on Apple podcasts. It's the best way for more working moms to discover our show. Thanks and have a great week.